You're listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick Maguire as he has empowered conversations with great people, doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hey friends, it is Patrick McGuire here. We are live on LinkedIn and recording this podcast as well for Empowered Podcast, which will be out later on this month with uh, a great guest, someone who's really pushing the limits in making a difference, not just in her own life, but in the lives of many others, especially entrepreneurs, and really especially and super focused on females and founders. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But let me tell you, I love having empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others. This lady's got all that. She checks all those boxes and that's why I'm super excited. Yes, I talk fast when I get excited, folks. It's the way I am. And I talk a lot because I'm Irish and I kiss the Blarney Stone. But that's another conversation. Nalima Akwal is a founder of the Female Founders Lab, a feminine forward accelerator for ventures that will transform industries and to become regenerative, sustainable, holistic, democratic, and generative, if you ask me. Previously, she also founded a uh, taboo-breaking venture called Leisha Learning, bringing sex education to half a million, I mean, half a million middle schoolers across India. And she led a seed stage accelerator for social innovators. And it was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. She's killing it. Nalima is a two-time TEDx speaker. She's been published in Vice, USA Today, Harvard Business Review. I can keep going, folks. She is doing this. And she actually started a reality show about social entrepreneurs reaching 10 million viewers now. And if that's not enough, she has been with South by Southwest Pitch Advisory Board member for quite some time. So, Lemma, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much, Patrick. <laughs> I am so excited to hang out and chat today. This is great. And I'll tell you, folks, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but not only is she talking about the Female Founders Lab, but she's doing so much and she's all over the place and she's doing great things. But, you know, we just connected the other day on LinkedIn. I saw what she was doing and I love it. I had a great female founders conversation earlier this morning with someone else that's going to be released next week on my other podcast with Altitude Accelerator Startups Transformed. But I just had to connect with you. I, I just had to get it. And I'm so happy that Nalema was able to say, hey, yeah, I don't know if I have time. Let me take a look at the calendar. And then all of a sudden, a couple seconds after that, Nalema was, I saw on my calendar before you have ex- messaged me on LinkedIn saying, hey, Pat, I booked a time for tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm excited. That's crazy. And thank you so much for making this time. But you know, what's going on these days? What are you doing that has got you really excited? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so first off, like, thanks for having me here. And I just wanted, yeah, it's really funny because I tend to go with the flow with things. I'm very in the moment. It, it was interesting, like the, the timing of you kind of zooming into my inbox because I was like right there on LinkedIn when you were there. <laughs> and I really believe in serendipitous connections. And I believe in just like taking action and trusting my gut. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. But yeah, along the veins of that, like that flow, that feels really good for me for 2022. I am running my accelerator and I can get into that later on in the podcast. But one thing I'm super excited about is South by Southwest, Mm -hmm. which is happening in 10 days in Austin. 
And I'm the advisory board member for South by Southwest Pitch this year. So I had to uh, review like 100 applications, but I got a platinum badge. So I'm going to be going to like music, film, tech, and just like hanging out in Austin for 12 days. If oh, any wow. of your audience is going to be there, we can. All right. So if out. you're going to be at South by Southwest, you got to find this girl, hit her up on LinkedIn and just chase her down at South by Southwest. Nalema, yeah. 100, you had to review 100 Pitch deck. So it was like in-depth applications with pitch decks and everything. Oh my goodness. I mean, I've been so involved in all that. I'm a board member of Altitude Accelerator. I've launched several companies myself, much like yourself. And I've gone through that. I know how much effort's put into those decks, yeah. but I also know on the other end how much effort might be attributed to reviewing these things. And some investors and some advisors spend a lot of time on them. Some just whip through it and they just grab those golden nuggets. So for the fact that you even looked at a hundred applications with Dex. That is insane. And that shows your commitment to the entrepreneur ecosystem. Thank you. Was there anything that jumped out at you out of that hundred pitches? Well, it was interesting. So I had the more of the society track. And so, because, you know, that's my expertise. And I saw a lot more stuff coming up in the NFTs and crypto space, yeah. which I didn't realize. The very interesting kind of hybrid space that's being created between traditional VC mm -hmm. and the NFT crypto space. And they're kind of like merging and playing with each other, which was really interesting to look at. And I personally look at like how these really old industries can be radically transformed for the new economy. Yep. So I look at healthcare and it's like mm -hmm. this burgeoning, opaque, like very, very gnarly industry that needs to be decentralized and like the value needs to be decentralized to all the stakeholders and needs to become accessible to more accessible to people. And there's all these problems that have to be deconstructed, right? And then in like the education system, which was literally built during the industrial revolution and just a little um, old and outdated. Doesn't prepare kids <laughs> doesn't prepare kids at all for the future of the economy and makes kids sit in a box like for eight hours a day, which yes. all of these systems are basically gonna crumble in the next few years with all the changes we're seeing in the world. And so I look at, you know, what does this new society look like? What does new earth look like? Where we have access to all of the healing and preventative healthcare mm -hmm. and decentralized education that's actually like community oriented and, and nurtures kids with all the right skills at the right age and food systems that are decentralized and organic and local and media that's decentralized and transparent and actually yes non-biased and all of these things, right? And so I look at all of these very real world industries that are preparing to shift. This is my window because <laughs> I live in LA and there's like random trucks outside. Yeah, it's not busy in LA at all, folks. In case you didn't think it was busy enough, it is definitely different. No, it's, you know, yeah. I you but, mentioned. Yeah, but then you see these very new technologies like Web3 and crypto and NFTs and cloud and, and all of these other things happening. And it's so interesting because I find that a sector of the VC space is just really excited about the sexy technologies. Mm -hmm. When really, if you're looking at industry and you're looking at the way that the world is moving, we need to not be as excited about just like the, the sexy new stuff, but really looking like how can we serve uh, humanity at scale and help people through this transition times that's happening. Absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned the NFT world, if you will, in the crypto space and Web3, because it's something that I've been getting into myself and really looking at. And uh, I have a project that's going to be coming out shortly, but um, not related to Empowered Entrepreneur, but somewhat 
similar, connected to, if you will, subsidiary of. But what I've really noticed, and I just listened to a podcast this morning, I listened to it a couple times a day, actually, is NFT365. And on NFT365 with Fanzo, Brian Fanzo, if you will, he had, and I forgot her name, it just went out of my mind, but she's one of the founders and one of the leads at Crypto Chicks. And I think it's really exciting cool. and probably ties into you because, hey, we're at the very beginning of what has now all of a sudden become from Women's Day on March 8th to celebrate Women's Month. And, you know, especially in the founders and entrepreneurs space, this is crazy exciting because there's no reason why in technology there should be any differentiation between male, female, color, race, creed, religion, whatever it is. We're yeah. all founders and creators. And, uh, you know, so I, I bring that up because, you know, Crypto Chicks, Boss Babes, those are ones that I really like and look at, but they're the NFT yeah. space. They've got the best communities of anybody out there when it comes to NFT. All the guy stuff, by the way, yeah. is, yeah, we got a community. We have an NFT, yeah. we have a utility. <laughs> yeah, we got a community. Although Crypto Dads is doing a really good job. I'll give them that much. They're probably the best mm -hmm. male-led community for that space. But let's talk a little bit about female founders. I mean, you have a huge passion for it. Why? What's going on? What do you got going? Yeah, so I actually take a different angle towards the female founder thing, um, which is very unique. And so, yeah, like we know that not as much money flows to women and people of color, but I really look at it from like a feminine and masculine energy perspective, mm. where I really believe that as we're going through like a mass awakening and transition time, like on our planet right now, I believe that a lot of women are stepping up to create the change that we need to see. Yes. And they're getting almost chosen with these visions of this is how we change the system. This is how we change this. And they're birthing these startups from a place of this very heart-centered uh, place of like deep inner wisdom and lived experience of having been in these industries and seeing what's wrong with them and being like, this has to change yeah. and I'm going to be the one to do it. And I call this a feminine leadership approach or goddess leadership. I love that and name, by the way. That's such a cool sound, goddess leadership, right? It's fitting. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, goddess leadership is about balancing your feminine and masculine energy inside yourself, like yin and yang. We each, everyone has yeah. both, right? And even men who feel like their vision shows them and they're a steward for it, they're birthing it, right? It's, it's a very different um, way to build a venture rather than it being like, oh, I looked at like 10 different ideas. This one looks lucrative, so I'm going with it. <laughs> and which is fine too, that's great, but it's just a different way of walking through the founder journey because when you're walking through it with a deep purpose, it ends up being kind of like a spiritual journey where every step you take, like your own stuff is reflected back to you in all of the situations you're facing. Right. And at the same time, I believe that you really want values aligned partners and investors and employees and teammates on board with you. And the number one thing that I see with purpose-driven founders is that they try to dial down the vision and dilute it because they think the person in front of them isn't going to get it or it's too mm -hmm. much or it's like too big. And what I really help founders do is own the power, the, the true full power of, of what they're trying to birth, but then bring it down into the masculine and saying, okay, great. So now how do I tactically communicate this so that anyone can understand it? And like, how much money do I actually need to get to the next right. step? 
That's good. I like it. And I think you, you mentioned a few things that I got a nugget on there. I got to hold on to, but you know, purpose-driven, I mean, purpose-driven life, purpose-driven mission, purpose-driven business, purpose-driven, you know, whatever you're doing. And one that I follow is purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I, I follow that program. I, I follow in and I communicate with that community. But also the point that you said, I think there's the male and female energy and attitudes and we have to be able to embrace every side of what we have because that's who we are. And then the other piece of it is you talk about our history, everything we've done, you know, and I'm calling this out for the entrepreneurs that are listening. Everything we've done has made us up to the sum of the parts that we are right now that Nalema is talking yeah. about. We can't just ignore the fact that we screwed up on the last thing we did, or we hit a home run in the last one, because there's no guarantee that our future is going to be. But if we learn from each of that, as Nalema, you were saying, we could be a lot better if we just listen to ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. And actually there, so the gold is in your lived experience. Yes. And what's so interesting is a lot of founders who operate in this way, because the paradigm we live in, it's so tactical, it's so surface level. They come up, they have this idea and then they're, they don't realize how much gold and wisdom and experience they're actually bringing to the table. And it's, I reflect back to you, like ever since you were a child, mm -hmm. you've been preparing for this moment. Look at all of these experiences that you've had that are all around the same theme of what's being birthed through you now, which you wouldn't have been able to do without right. all of these hundreds of experiences, which means like you are the founder who is here to carry this out. There's a reason why this show, this vision chose you and not somebody else. And when you're able to own that and you're owning all those pieces and not being scared to tell those stories authentically to people, that's what I call, that's what turns on the magnet. And that's when you call in the true supporters of your work. Well, then that would be the major flaw of most men because we're not willing to express and extend our failures. We won't like to share those stories, but uh, we have to embrace it. We have to admit it. We have to do it and just live with it and learn from that. It's funny you say that. I used to say, you, Inc., it's, it's up to you. You got to do it. Then I started saying me, Inc., because my last name being McGuire and Enterprises, so I was calling it me, Inc., so it was up to me. But when I really embraced a larger team, I was able to build a, a great HR tech firm. I was able to help a couple of fintech firms that I became part of and sports tech. Now I have a few of those. But, you know, it's funny. You made me think back to why I love doing this, why I love having empowered conversations with entrepreneurs and founders, great people doing great things and empowering others. And why I've called it empowered is really because if I go back, I was that young kid who loved to hang out and chat. I love to talk. People have said that. They know that about me. And uh, I can pretty much run into almost any town and somebody knows, or I might bump into somebody of somebody that I know. And I jokingly said in the opening of this conversation, yes, I've kissed the Blarney. I love to talk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Irish born, first born in Canada out of our family. And I do love to talk and I have traveled the world much like yourself. And I've got incredible experiences from living in France and England and Ireland, spending most of my summers there or traveling mm -hmm. off to Northern Ontario where I met total strangers and worked with them all summer. And, and then entrepreneurship with Altitude Accelerator, I get to connect with up to 585 different startups at any given time because they're under our umbrella. I love the conversations. I love going and meeting new people. I love talking. Hence why I know you took a huge chance. I reached out to you and, and I that's back in the day and you went over mm -hmm. to India and you talked to, well, hundreds of thousands of students that 
there might not have been a connection. So I, I do understand what you're saying is we are the sum of the parts and we are our history. We have to listen to it. Tell me about why and how the heck did you end up going back over to India and starting up this new taboo education strategy? Yeah. So yeah, I've been in the social impact entrepreneurship space for the last 15 years or so. And I grew up in Michigan, went to U of M and, um, yeah, out of college, I was a Kiva fellow. So I was working okay. with microfinance borrowers in Bolivia. And so that I was literally riding around on the back of like motorcycles, like through the Andes, like going to villages and slums and interviewing low income women on their microloans and wow. how it's helping their businesses. And so my literally I was when I was straight out of college, my first exposure to my career and to the working world was this wild, creative, like world changing mission. Okay. And so I never had to be like inculcated with brainwashed, you know, inside the corporate <laughs> system. I was always free. You got I was lucky. always free to follow my path. Well, I chose it. Like I chose it. Yeah, I was brave. I was brave and I chose it. And I also graduated during the worst financial crisis that, you know, housing crisis that our country has seen. I graduated in 2009. Okay. And so there was a lot of like opening and like possibilities because of that, which is also what we're seeing now. Like when things break down, people suddenly choose different paths. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, long story short. Yeah. So I was a curriculum writer at the Ross School of Business. I was writing MBA curriculum, like case studies for Harvard, Kellogg, Ross, like top tier business schools at awesome. 21. <laughs> that is awesome. And, Good um, for you. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was writing these cases and understanding like, what does it take to solve global challenges through business? And then I wanted to be in the field. So I booked a one-way ticket to India in 2011. And I was like, I'm going to go work with social innovators in emerging markets, like seeing, you know, what they're doing there. And I was working for the biggest social enterprise incubator in India called Vilgro. And that's where I launched uh, the Seed Stage Accelerator. And I was working with social innovators from all these different industries, helping them raise capital. And so it's a very high risk space because it's early stage. They call it base of the pyramid. So it's like okay. for economically disadvantaged populations and um and it's India. And so it's like emerging markets mm -hmm. and social impact. And so all of those things put together make it a very high risk profile for VC. There's not a lot of VC dollars flowing into that space. But I succeeded in 75% of the ventures raised their round right out of the accelerator. Wow. And most of them have gone on to then raise more and more rounds instead of ventures. And that's why the Rockefeller Foundation came in and they funded the program. And they're like, wow, this is like the best model of seed stage acceleration for social impact that we've seen in India. And so that was amazing because I learned the ins and outs. Of what does it take to build a social venture, especially like in an emerging market in India? But originally, like all along, my passion had been in gender equality. And so okay. even when I moved to India, I was like, you know, at some point, I want to start my own social venture around gender equality. And I don't know what it is yet. But I'm going to go there, I'm going to learn and see how it emerges. And so at the end of 2013, I want to say there was a highly publicized rape case that happened in Delhi and it was like all over the news. And it was one of those watershed moments where there was protests all around the country and people were trying to come up with solutions to all the sexual violence cases and like mm -hmm. public safety. And at the time, what I felt like, I was like, 
these solutions are so, they're like band-aid solutions. Here's a panic button or here's a like better legislation, you know? And I'm like, what about healing and transforming things from a young age so that kids grow up with the right information and it's taboo free and it's empowering, empowered and it's positive. <laughs> and so I started a sex education company where we created a comprehensive sex ed toolkit that could be used by teachers in schools to transform kids' behaviors around the age of puberty. And that's when I quit my job at the accelerator and I was like, okay, this is the thing. And, and I decided to start this venture. And what I didn't realize going into it that I was literally facing 3000 years of taboos on sexuality. Yeah. And so customers didn't know what sex education was. Like schools didn't know what it was. You know, corporations, ad tech companies, everywhere I went, I had sure. to explain on so many levels this is a game-based, like experiential, transformative curriculum that's on one side, like opening the box on the sort of education. It's like new paradigm education. Like it's, right. it's empowering kids to make their own decisions. It's empowering them with the right information at the right age. It's breaking taboos. And so if you compare this to like teaching someone math, for example, this is a lot to educate. This is like a oh, very different sort of solution. To, to try to educate a consumer on who gonna, you know, where they're not used to this sort of education. And so I went in being like, Oh, this is easy. Like when I do pilots, like little boys come up to me and they're like, wow, thanks for teaching us about consent. I'll never try to force a girl ever again. Like I'll, you know, to be teaching all the other boys not to harass the girls. Like the whole culture of our classroom has wow. changed, you know? And seeing these classrooms just transform from these like bullying, toxic environments into being the most respectful, empathetic kids of the whole school. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, I have the key. I'm like, this is the key. If every single kid got this education, we'd see a different society. Wow. And the awesome. I'm really impressed. Like you're talking about kids that don't want to talk. They're coming up and telling you, hey, you just changed the way I think about everything. Yeah. That is super and then, cool. And Go then ahead. the gap then to selling that product in a marketplace that absolutely doesn't understand it. <laughs> so that is liter that's literally the gap between the feminine heart and the masculine mind. And okay. that's the journey that I walked and I mastered which was listening to my vision and my heart and seeing the impact and seeing the power of this and, and holding it, holding it, right? Owning it. But then also very tactically being like, hey, what does it take for people to understand this and buy in and want and want this product? Yeah. And it's hard sometimes when it's so new and so raw, how do you even sell the concept, let alone sell a bundled package of sorts or a, a profitable package? Because most people tie success with revenue. Not always the case, folks. I mean, she just changed the way kids think. You know, that is massive buy-in. That's hugely rewarding. But yeah, we all have to uh, feed ourselves and feed our families and feed our teams. So that's got to be difficult to try and sell this concept to those that make those decisions at such a high level. Did you continue to work through the schools or did you go right to the top of the school board? Did you go to, I don't know who you went to, to get it to. I went to the CEO of the largest corporation in India, which is, <laughs> which is well, so it was one of the oh, CEOs. Of, yeah. It's a conglomerate. So they have a number of companies, but their tech companies reaches 
every single town and yes. like city across the entire country. And, oh, and the reach is so big. They actually were at one time with my HR tech company. They were a client. So they're so big. They're global. They're awesome. What a great, that's a big challenge and ask for you to go right to the top of Tata and say, hey, help us out. Yeah. Well, so I didn't go right to the top. I did all the pilots and got the <laughs> curriculum like really good, make sure that we're getting the results. But I got to the point where I realized that we're not going to be able to scale this through schools and we have to go through large companies that have boots in the ground. And when I met, yes. uh, like, so I met the CEO of Educomp, which is another very okay. large ed tech company in India at a conference in London, actually. And I showed him my curriculum and he was like, who, like, who made this? Do you have a team of <laughs> instructional designers? And I was like, no, me and my two like teammates like made this. And he was literally blown away. He was like, we don't have anything wow. like this. This is really impressive. And oh, congrats. so thanks. And it's interesting because as a founder, you always think that you're the small one, right? And I'd say this to yes. founders is that when you go and you talk to people inside companies, they have hundreds and hundreds of people that can do the work for them. So the fact that you've been able to create what you've created with nothing, like people are going to be impressed no matter what, you know? I'm going to, I'm and, just going to pause you for a second there. Cause I want to call that out for the entrepreneurs that may be listening or startups. Yeah, exactly. Folks, she's right. And I think the same thing. I have the same little small brain disease. Maybe it's the man meathead brain, but <laughs> You know, we have to remember that the things that we create, they're ours. And sometimes because of our passion, like Nalema did, it it makes it so good that we forget how great it is and how great it could be and where it's gonna go. We just assume that other people will have something similar or they're gonna they're gonna poo-poo on it, whatever you want to call it. But then you just take that chance. If you have that good fire gut, like Nalema did, and you go to the right person, or maybe it's just the right place at the right time. And you're willing to embrace your female side and just share and express. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to embrace that and tell you, hey, this is crazy good. And, and that's really what I'm hearing from you, Nalema. And I want entrepreneurs to remember that your idea is only as good as, as much as you share it. If it's canned up mm -hmm. in a box somewhere in the back of your closet or your laptop, it's pointless. So don't be afraid to share like Nalema's doing. Sorry, Nalema. I love that. And thank you so much for telling us that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Like when I met him, you know, I was, oh my gosh, I'm like meeting the CEO. He's like a multi-million. He's like one of the wealthiest people in India. He's like He's on the okay. Forbes list, on the Forbes list and stuff. And I, I messaged him on the app, on the net, on the conference app. And I was like, hey, Whoa. I'm like doing this thing. He's like, hey, cool. Come upstairs. I'm sitting on the couches. Like, <laughs> okay, folks, those apps, they work. Literally. It was so cool, but it was such a... Like, it was such a human connection. He's like, hey, what's up? You know, like, it was just so human. And then even yeah. I'd run into him later at, like, conferences in India. And he'd be like, hey, what's up? And it's really, we have to get over this whole ego hierarchy status thing. Because people are just, you know, they're willing to connect at the heart level when you have something to share that's authentic. And, um, and I'm just going to ask real quick because I didn't get a chance. I wanted to go and I was just busy. I had a session, a couple of sessions this morning, but I wanted to listen to your TEDx conversation in full, but I, I really didn't get to it. So just being truthful and transparent, what was it that got you on a TEDx and what was the topic? Share that with our, our audience. Okay. So truthful and transparent, like 
I didn't, I didn't do anything to get onto TEDx. Like they literally emailed me and said, will you be in our TEDx event? This is what I'm talking about being <laughs> um, a yeah. magnet, magnetizing, like use your energy. You. We have potent energy. So what I actually did, and this is the whole creation magnetizing cycle. This is what I teach is that you don't go out and just try and try. It's like you create what's coming from your heart and the right people will come in. And so what I did was I had created a website and it talked about how I wanted to break the menstrual taboo, like the taboo on menstruation in India. And apparently the, or this is, you know, this is so serendipitous, but this is the way that we have to trust that it works is that the organizer of TEDx, he actually Googled menstrual taboo India. And my website was the first what? one that came up on Google. And yeah, so he, for sure. Wow. And, and he emailed, and, and this was way before people were even talking about it because later now they've made like Bollywood movies around it and stuff. But this was like before that, it was like 2015 or something. Um, yeah, so that's how I got invited to TEDx and it was like a fantastic, amazing experience. And, um, and I actually started sharing the story before, you know, we were still, I was still like very much in the idea stage for the venture. But I went on stage and I shared from my heart and I shared what I'm trying to do. And so it's no matter what stage you're at, you can still own that vision because you trust like you are going to, it's going to come to fruition. Like you have your own timeline mm -hmm. for things manifesting in real life. But what you always yes. have is the vision. The vision is always there and you can always share it, whatever stage you're at with the actual product. That's fantastic. And I'm going to back it up again. Hey, folks. She put it out there again. Like she just said, hey, you know, I'm doing this. And mm -hmm. the opportunity arose and she said yes. So don't be afraid to say yes to opportunities that come to you. Don't overthink it. Sometimes those random connections, like the one we just had yesterday and said, let's get on the call tomorrow. Crazy that I had time. Crazy that you had time. But we just said yes. And that's what I'm yeah. hearing from you multiple times. Serendipitous is the word she uses. But sometimes whether you like it or not, those things align. You just have to say yes as a, as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as a female, as a male, as a person, as a husband and wife, whatever it is, sometimes yes is a good thing. I, I really love that. Now, Nalema, I mean, I'm going to do a little shout out here for you because some people don't like to do it. I think you're so strong and powerful and bold. You do it anyways, but yeah. I'm going to tell everyone right now, if you're thinking about it, if you're not sure, if you kind of have a great idea, I'm going to tell you, and yes, it's not an ad, but this is my plug for Nalema because I think I believe in what she's doing. Go get a free pitch, like a goddess mini course. It's pretty easy to find. It's at the female founders lab.com slash get dash mini dash course. So get mm -hmm. mini course, put a couple dashes in there. The female founders lab.com slash get mini course go get yourself a free pitch like a goddess mini course. You're going to love it. You're going to thank yourself for it. And Nilema, is it just for girls or can anybody benefit? It's for anybody. And I do work with uh, male founders as well. So I have a program called Pitch Lab. It's a three-month uh, transformational accelerator to help you raise pre-seed or seed capital. Yes, and I saw that. Collectively, it was awesome. Yeah, my founders have raised three million plus over the last year and a half. Two of my founders have gotten into Techstars, which has less than a one percent acceptance. Some of my founders have gotten brand name recognition from industry partners like Covered California and Kaiser Permanente and United Health. Oh. And 
So really, it's a place where, and these founders come in just with a handful of users, maybe no pilots, maybe no product, maybe no website or pitch deck. But they're like, I had a founder raise 400K in four weeks, going from not even having pilots yet. And that's really the power of owning your story and codifying it really well into your pitch deck, but also of stepping through this portal that I create in Pitch Lab, which is we're just going for it and we're taking the actions. Yeah. I, I, we need more of that. And obviously me being part of Altitude Accelerator, we have different strategies that do very similar stuff as what you're doing. But, you know, there's so many people out there that need that guidance that it doesn't matter where you go or who you talk to someone's going to be able to help. And uh, I love the fact that you're putting it out there and saying pitch lab is the way to go. I think it makes sense. We all need a pitch lab somewhere, mm-hmm. whether live or in person or virtual. And you want to check that out. And so where can I find the pitch lab? Let, let's let you plug this one. Yeah, it's on the femalefounderslab.com slash pitch dash lab. It was pretty easy. I was yep. a layup for you. So <laughs> don't forget that folks. That's an easy one to get to. What has got you sort of I would, let me phrase it this way first. What is a trend that you currently see happening? And let's think more specifically to female founders. What is a trend that you see happening? I think that across the board, like women are just coming out and organizing and creating groups and conferences and just being like, we can just do this ourselves and kind of owning yep. their creatorship. Because I think before, because of the way it was, it was you know, it was so, it was so like hierarchical that there was a lot of needing to ask for permission. And so in our previous mm. generation, you know, in our older generation, they went through a lot. Like they went through a lot inside these corporate environments and like being belittled and sexism and like having to like try to work to get to the next level in the ladder. But now yeah. because of, you know, we have social media, we have YouTube, everything is now decentralized. We don't have to ask for permission. All you have to do is create and trust and let people in and let people in. And that's creatorship. And I think that a lot of women, because of our conditioning, they're still stuck in the asking for permission. And mm-hmm. But a lot of women are now waking up and realizing that all those old things are gone now, like we're free and we can just create it and we can just become the leaders that the world needs. I like that. It's definitely something to get excited about. It's a good trend to see forward. And it doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. You have to create your own permission. Just go after it. That's a great little piece. And I I know you didn't plan it as advice, but I'm saying it as advice for all these entrepreneurs and creators out there. Just take advantage, take control, grab your future and make it happen. Make your own permission. Don't worry about it. You know, you're not going to get in trouble with yourself. That's the good thing. We might fail. We might succeed. And, and I know you, you made time for me today. It was fantastic. Obviously we are on March 1st and I know I'm not supposed to date these things and make them redundant, but you know, evergreen content's important. This will last forever and we'll have more conversations. I don't doubt it. Cause I love your energy, by the way, this is the first of the month of international women's month, if you will, and international women's day on March 8th. So I'm super excited that we're having this conversation. Again, I had one earlier today with uh, a young lady who just, I can't say it any other way. She's a beast. And I think that somehow you got to look up Danielle Bruin Graham on LinkedIn, Danielle Graham, and, or remind me and I'll connect you. She's actually got a fund specific for female founders and Phoenix fire through angel network, uh, sorry, Archangel network. So Archangel network funds. 
and uh, they're running the Phoenix Fire Fund, and she's in charge. Oh. She's a lead advisor at uh, Altitude Accelerator. So hopefully that could help you out. Yeah, absolutely. And she's dynamic. It's uh, It was a great session to have this morning, to be honest. And so is this one. Now, what do you got next? What's coming for you? What are you doing? Yeah, there's, there's a number of things, but I think that it's very exciting to be building this community of world-changing entrepreneurs, especially right now in 2022, when it really feels like there's a big opening happening, a lot of new things coming out for the new systems that we want to birth for the world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just I think building this community of founders as well as investors and, and kind of sharing this, I think is helping a lot of people to come back home to their hearts and remain grounded and awesome. centered in that as they build whatever they're trying to birth for the world. I love it. I love it. And I do appreciate it so much. And I know you've got to focus on female founders, but I know you're actually taking care of all founders. Folks, if you want, I mean, actually you got to go to her. Yeah. Okay. Go to the femalefounderslab.com. Go to the website. The very first page, by the way, I love not the page, but top of page. I love that top of fold image. It is beautiful. I love the color blend. It actually speaks to me. It shows a, yeah, a confident, powerful woman. You might recognize her, but it also tells us what it's about. It's not about just being a girl who's in business. It's about being a beast in business. And like you said, there is a lot of stuff for all founders. And I want everybody to check that out because it's pretty cool. Read through it float around. You're going to find something. You're going to find a nugget that resonates with you. Nalema, I find you highly intelligent. Your passion is there. Your energy is wonderful, easy to connect with, easy to talk to. And that is probably why you can resonate with so many boys and girls, men and women, founders and failures too, around mm -hmm. the world, because they can just feel that you care. And I think yeah. that's a big deal. When someone says, I'm passionate about this, they better be darn well passionate because we know what fake is. And, and yeah. it's weird, but we can see it. We can feel it. Right. And, yeah. and, and I know that you are passionate about making this a success for everybody, not just uh, a couple of people walking around. And I love that you invite people in and I'm really excited for, it, and I can't wait to see what's coming next. And, you know, I, I, congratulations on everything you've done so far. And thank you for putting it out there to, to founding a taboo breaking venture, you know, like that's pretty big. And what has been, and I'm going to ask you one question before we uh, sort of go, cause I know I got to let you go at some point. I would keep you all day oh. if I could. <laughs> what has been one of the most difficult things or most awkward feeling things you've ever had to do in your entrepreneurial life? No, that literally has me talking about sex in India, like on the TV <laughs> show. 10 million live viewers, like sitting in their living rooms, like grandmas, grandpas, my own, my own family, whoever's watching oh on TV. But I so wish I knew some good alternate language comments to give right now, because if I knew any Indian language, I'd be like making fun of you and like how awkward it must have been. That's crazy. Really? I learned it, it was so, it was so amazing because so I'm out there and I'm like, we need to break taboos. But the thing is, I had to go first. Like I had to go first. <laughs> right. And so that's the crazy thing about when you start on this feminine energy, like feminine energy is challenging. There's no control. No, you don't control it. You don't control the feminine energy. She says, birth this thing. You're like, okay. Oh my God, I guess I'm talking about <laughs> sex education on a TV show in India now, you know? And so it's really oh about your ego and your inhibitions being second and being just 
allowing yourself to go for this ride, this crazy ride. I joke about entrepreneurs having sweat equity, but I can only imagine standing on stage what the sweat equity really is at that point. You're all in. <laughs> Me, I'd be just dripping, like freaking out, knowing that my my nan or pop or somebody's watching. <laughs> It's a little scary. I am so glad you did it. I'm glad you shared that. Your most celebrated moment is also your most, or was your also your most awkward moment. And I want entrepreneurs to remember that. Just because you're nervous doesn't mean it doesn't have value that's going to have an impact. And that's awesome. And, and I think we should probably end on that one because your fear also was your biggest impact. And that is awesome. Wow. Thank you. I've actually, that was a new insight for me too. That's very cool. Good. Well, I hope that happens more. And that's what empowered conversations are really about, right? We have an empowered conversation, great people doing great things and empowering others. And, you know, I hope that you got something out of it. I'm glad you said it because people don't usually tell me. And that's what I want to get. And I want to actually take everything you have and try and break it down to give to other entrepreneurs and other founders that have crazy ideas like talking about sex ed on TV in India to be the first. Um, uh, sorry, you can't be the first. Nilema already did it. <laughs> and I also, I just want to say to all the, any purpose-driven founders out there, whether you're looking to raise funding or you're just an idea stage, like hit me up, like email, you can email hello at thefemalefounderslab.com and I'm super approachable and I'm happy to listen to whatever ideas like budding in your heart. Excellent. I like that. So hit her up at hello at thefemalefounderslab.com. Visit the website, thefemalefounderslab.com. And uh, don't forget, get your free Pitch Like a Goddess mini course at thefemalefounderslab.com slash get mini course. Put a couple dashes between get and mini and course, and you should be good to go. You'll find it on the website. It's not that hard. I did it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. You are empowered. You're better than me. <laughs> Nalema is active on LinkedIn. That's how we actually connected. Uh, you'll find her there as well. Yep. But um, Nalema, I just want to say thank you so much for this time. Thank you for spending time with me at the beginning of the Women's Month celebration. And thank you, more importantly to me, is not about Women's Month and is not about female founders, but it's actually about you sharing your journey. And yeah. that's a big deal because now someone else, some other guy, girl, founder, kid is going to take a chance because of you oh. and sharing your story. And that's empowered. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for bringing the Irish energy for my march. <laughs> I randomly wore green today and I didn't even realize it. So I should have thought of that, but it will be happening later on this month. As we all know, I am a green, white and gold guy at heart living in Canada. So I got a little red. <laughs> My, my pink lights were clashing with the red shirt, so I didn't do it today, but I will do it another day nice. for this month. So, Nalema, I'm going to ask you back again. I want to follow up sometime and see how things are progressing, and I'm going to make sure we direct some business and traffic to you so people remember to embrace your female energy as well as your male energy. Don't always use the meathead male brain, but let your lady take over <laughs> and the inner lady mm -hmm. that is. So Nalema, I look forward to our next conversation. This was empowered. I've enjoyed it. And uh, a big thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Have an amazing rest <laughs> of your day. Thank you very much. And to all our awesome empowered community, thank you so much for listening. You can find us at empoweredpodcast.ca or empoweredentrepreneur.ca where we do peer group mentoring and coaching. We have a lot of fun, just like we did with Nalema. So have a great day and be empowered, my friends. Empowered. A Blue Mex podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. 
Powered Podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.